ladies and gentlemen, that show, NXT No Mercy, live from Bakersfield, California on Saturday night, that felt like a throwback NXT black and gold show from the good old days, the old takeovers of Brooklyn and so forth. That was amazing. We're going to talk all about it. And finally, I might have been wrong about those Edge to AEW rumors, and I've never been happier to be incorrect. All of that and more coming up next because we are officially on air. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, one and all, to the Manifest Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Alfonso McCree Jr. That's, say it along with me, A-L-P-H-O-N-S-O-M-C-C-R-E-E Jr. You can bet on me and the Believe Network because we're bringing you this podcast weekly, baby. And we got more guests lined up for more exciting episodes, just like the Tom Hannafin episode. If you haven't had a chance to check that one out, please do. Tom Hannafin formerly known as Tom Phillips, worked in WWE for from 2012 to 2021 and is now the voice of Impact Wrestling. And he couldn't have given me any better of an interview. We're definitely going to have him back. But we got into some great stuff, some stuff we didn't even expect to get into. He even said that I was asking him some questions that nobody's ever asked him before and he got a chance to speak on those things. So I'm really excited about that episode, still promoting it because I think it's very helpful to anybody who wants to take a moment to listen to it. It's a great, great listen. Now let's get to NXT No Mercy. First of all, No Mercy used to be one of the best pay-per-views back in the day when the World Wrestling Entertainment was World Wrestling Federation. So if you're going to name a pay-per-view, no mercy, it better live up to that moniker, okay? But it did just that. Let, let's just talk about this for a second. Everything, everything about the show just felt so black and gold NXT. And yes, technically they've gone back to the black and gold coloring, but I'm really talking about the black and gold era, okay? I'm talking about the original NXT takeovers. When you had the four horsewomen, when you had uh, Adam Cole running around, Pete Dunne, when Gunther made his debut as Walter, when you had Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa still as DIY, and then they took it into their separate uh, singles feud together. I'm talking about those days where crowds were into it. Crowds were absolutely magnetic. They were thunderous at all these NXT shows. There was a large span of time where NXT takeovers were the best thing that WWE was producing. Now, the main roster, I believe, in my opinion, has caught up. And that's great. But I don't want to lose what makes NXT so great. And it looks like they finally got back to it. Now, listen, when when all the OGs started leaving and going to like AEW or just getting released or whatever it was, I was like, man, this brand has really suffered in terms of star power. But then they broke out a game plan. They said... Let's start using our main roster talent to get over our NXT talent. And I think it's so brilliant because we've talked about this on the show before. The key, the the goal, the whole purpose of the NXT brand existing in the first place is that we need to develop the stars of the future. What better way to develop the stars of the future than to put them in the ring with the stars of now? Because these are the people that they're going to be wrestling, right? Am I wrong? These are the people that they are going to be tussling with when they get to the main roster. 
Okay, so you had somebody like Braun Breaker taking on Baron Corbin in the opening match, and they got off to a hot start. I mean, Baron Corbin hadn't even reached the ring yet, and Braun Breaker, boom, somersault over the top rope, taking him out. They're brawling on the outside. The crowd is chanting NXT, and you're like, oh, goosebumps. That's what it used to be. That's how NXT used to feel. So many big moments, so much great storytelling and such great matches that you couldn't help but chant NXT because you were loving it so much. This is the first time that I have heard that from a crowd in a while at an NXT show. Besides the ones at the PC, because they're they're there bringing it every single week. But as far as when they go on the road, this is the first one where like it's really just been like hype from the start to the finish. It was amazing. Uh, Braun Breaker and Baron Corbin started off with a great match. Uh, still waiting for that moment. Von Wagner comes back after that skull-crushing finale. <laughs> uh, from Braun Breaker with the steel step. Still waiting for that. That's going to be a cool moment. Um, but yeah, really good match. Really good match. And a great way to kick off you know, your NXT show. You started with one of your biggest stars, Braun Breaker. Yeah, he's been doing a lot of losing lately, but he's still consistently one of the best stars on that roster. And it's only a matter of time before he hits the main roster. But I'm really enjoying everything he's doing in NXT right now with the heel run. It's been really good. He just hasn't been winning like he used to as a face, but he's still been really excellent. Um, and then we took it to the tag team contest, uh, and that one was pretty good as well. They did the, they've done this story a few times. You know, somebody gets hurt in the match, comes out, puts on a, you know, a gallant performance. Is gallant the right word? I'm not sure. A gutsy performance. We'll just say that. I might have just made up a word. If I did, you know what? Add it to the dictionary. Okay. Because that sounded good to me when I said it. Anyway, gutsy performance coming out after hurting the knee, kayfabe, hurting the knee, and uh, winning the match. You know, the the mafia of NXT is still the tag team champions, Tony D'Angelo and Stax Lorenzo. Um, really good match. Really good match. I think uh, everybody involved got a lot of shine. And it's really impressive to me. Bronco and his boy, you know, they're they're managed by Reggie, and they haven't been on the main roster long at all, and they already got a spot on, you know, a premium live event. That's really impressive. Uh, now, we'll say Bronco's a really cool guy. Seen him at uh, Devon Dudley Academy a few times. Really chill. You know, exactly how he comes off on TV is exactly how he comes off in real life. Mine's all the heel stuff, obviously, but, like, really cool dude. Like him a lot. Um, shout out to Alicia Taylor. She's always bringing it um, on the mic as a ring announcer. One of my inspirations, because if you don't know, I am a ring announcer, and I might have some great news for you guys coming up this week. Stay tuned for that. I'm really, really excited about a phone call that I have tomorrow. But, um, you know, a really good Fatal 4-Way tag team match. I know those are really hard to produce. I can't imagine how difficult those must be to produce and to remember all your spots and all of this stuff. And, it, man, I, I just, I really can't imagine. Uh, now, I do, like, kind of wonder... Was the injury to Tony D'Angelo scripted in, or was that like a real thing where they thought he actually might have got hurt? Because it seemed like after it happened, nobody knew what to do, you know. And that's where that's where I kind of I'm like, you know what? That might have been real, and they might have gotten him to the back, realized it wasn't as bad, and they were like, you know, okay, here's what we're gonna do. Audible, this is what you're gonna do. You're gonna walk out there. You're gonna do this, do that. 
they, that's that's exactly what they could have done. And you know, WWE is such a well-produced company that it's not out of the realm of imagination to imagine that they were able to call an audible like that. They've seen and produced so much wrestling over the years that there's really nothing that they aren't prepared for. Like, let's be real. A man died in their ring after falling from the rafters. I think they can prepare for just about anything at this point with all the stuff that's gone on in World Wrestling Entertainment. Just saying. So uh, that, that is one question that I do have, you know, from uh, the show where hey, they kind of they have me guessing about what's real and what's not. Which, as you know, if you listen to this podcast often, I love that. I love it. Next, let's talk about the uh, NXT Heritage Cup match. First of all, it's always great to see Pete Dunne back in NXT. I know his name is Butch, but I'm not going to call him down on this podcast. I refuse. Pete Dunne, the bruiserweight, had a great match with Noam Dar, who's also awesome. Um, and it, it was it was just, it was really well done. Like, this metaphor stable is great. Like, it has a lot of potential. And they're, they're really diving into the ridiculousness. I had a instructor at Full Sail University, his name's Chris, and what Chris always told us is that if you're going to do something ridiculous, you need to lean into it completely. Lean into it completely. Dedicate to it. Like, go full force into it, 100%, because that's the only way it's going to come off well. Well, Metaphor has done that with this gimmick, with the weird clothes and the promos and Noam Dar's messy hair and how they interact with each other throughout the matches and stuff. And just the four of them. You wouldn't put the four of them together randomly, you would think. And it's just working. Like, somebody knew something. Somebody had vision. Somebody somebody just saw something that nobody else saw. And it's working. And it's working really well. I love it. So that match was good. Um, and like I said, I will never complain about Pete Dunne being in the ring. That's my guy. And uh, he did everything that I wanted him to do, including all the joint manipulation and all of that stuff. It was great. It was, it was again, a great throwback to when he was in NXT having all of these matches and tearing the house down. He never won the NXT title, which really bothered me because he's awesome. Uh, but seeing him and Tyler Bate come out there together, you know, as a, as like, like a tandem, uh, after all of their battles over the years. And, you know, they were in a stable together before as well. But, you know, again, nice throwback. I really love it. Uh, that'll take us next to Dominic Mysterio and Trick Williams. Whoop that trick. Yes, he did indeed. And he is your new North American champion. Trick Williams wins his first ever singles title in WWE. Well-deserved, man. If you haven't noticed, Trick Williams is probably the most over- talent on the entire NXT roster and it's because he's genuine he's authentic he can cut a promo like nobody else on that roster and he's improving in the ring weekly every week he takes another leap towards becoming really really good in the ring of course he still has progress to make don't they all but Trick is doing well enough to put on competent matches and allow his character work to be shining through while he's putting those matches on. So good on him. He won. Um, you know, a lot of people were happy about it. You no, know, my boys, uh, John and Cleveland, were both happy about it, as they should be. And uh, you know, it's nice to see their boy getting his shine. You know, he was Carmelo's sidekick for so long, and now with this storyline of him breaking out on his own, it is justified. It was a justified move to break out on his own because he's now the North American champion 
And I want to see him hold that for a while. And I also want to see where this story with him and Carmelo Hayes is going to go because Carmelo is no longer the NXT champion after losing to Ilya Dragunov in what was an amazing, hard-hitting match. My boy Cam says all the time, you know, Alfonso, I don't think Ilya Dragunov knows that wrestling isn't real. I agree. I agree. And on his Wikipedia page, it says, Ilya Dragunov, the first ever non-kayfabe professional wrestler. <laughs> Something's wrong with him. But it's, it's wrong in all the right ways because he's tremendous. You could tell the crowd, the crowd doesn't dislike Carmelo Hayes. There's nothing to dislike about Carmelo Hayes, but they had so much respect for Ilya Dragunov that they wanted to see him finally win the big one that has been eluding him, and he got it done. And uh, his, his title reign is going to be really fun. It's going to be really fun. It's going to be hard to take that title from him because how do you beat this guy? They've, they've now booked him as such a monster that, like, how does anybody beat this guy? And, um, you know, how does this affect the psyche of Carmelo Hayes going forward? I know I'll be tuning in on Tuesday to find out uh, the fallout from that. And then also we had Becky Lynch and Tiffany Stratton. I've been telling people for a while now, Tiffany Stratton is the future of the women's division in this company. She's going to be the head honcho. You think Charlotte's amazing? Wait until Tiffany gets to the top. Tiffany Stratton is incredible. And not only is she incredible in the ring, she's so humble about how incredible she is. She wanted to stay in NXT instead of going to the main roster because she thinks that she has a lot more to work on. and She wants to make sure that she's ready. Now, believe it or not, you're not going to find that attitude from everybody. You feel like that should be an attitude everybody should have. Don't send me, don't elevate me until I'm absolutely ready. I want to make sure I don't fumble this away. No, some people are just so either blinded uh, by the success that they're having or arrogant or just impatient to wait it out and to actually understand like, man, I need more time so I can make sure that I'm getting better at my craft. Some people just ain't got it. They just don't have that mindset. Tiffany Stratton is not one of them, and it's showing in her matches. Her match against Becky was absolutely insane. Um, she has this Barbie gimmick, but, man, she didn't wrestle like one at the show. Right? She was taking some big hits, some big bumps, and you know she was powering through it. And I think she earned a lot of respect last night from the NXT fans, and uh, I think she's going to continue to do so as she moves forward in the ranks of WWE. But that was NXT No Mercy, and I thought it was a great show from start to finish. And like I said, I thought, man, this is a great callback to the days, the old days, the good old days. I went to one NXT TakeOver in Brooklyn in 2018. It was the show where Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa had that last man standing match. It was also the show where Adam Cole and Ricochet went one-on-one -on -one in what was an incredible match with an incredible finish. And... Um, yeah, just, just really quality stuff back then, and I'm starting to see, uh, you know, things that remind me of that, and that's, I can't be anything but good things, uh, because NXT TakeOvers, man, they hold a special place in all of our hearts, all of, all of us who used to watch uh, the NXT back in the day. If they can get back to that, man, their viewership is going to shoot up. They're already doing numbers of between five to 800,000 viewers a week. Um, if they want to keep that up or even increase it, this is a way to do it. You put on bangers of PLEs, man. You do it like this. There's no question 
they're going to start gaining popularity once again. They're slowly rebuilding this roster, adding legitimate faces, adding great names to the roster, and it's all working out, okay? Speaking of adding legit names, All Elite Wrestling might be adding a legit name in the name of Adam Copeland, also known as the Rated R Superstar, Edge. We're going to talk about why we think that is happening when we come back on the Manifest Wrestling Podcast. Welcome back to the Manifest Wrestling Podcast on the Believe Network. I'm your host, Alfonso McCree Jr. Let's talk about these Edge to AEW rumors because a few weeks ago I did a podcast episode about Edge not going to AEW because WWE had included him in their SmackDown intro package and that typically means, hey, they're still in good standing with the company, there's still potential for him to be involved in the company. Well, now he has been removed from that Uh, He's been removed from the internal listing, and there are rumors about his AEW debut that just won't seem to go away. And I mean, let's face it, he has a lot of great reasons to go to AEW if he wants to. Number one, he can still have the light schedule that he desires. Number two, his best friend in the world, Christian, is there. Number three, there are a plethora of new talent that he has yet to step into the ring with that I'm sure he would love to step into the ring with. I mean, Edge has never wrestled Sting. Edge hasn't wrestled Chris Jericho in years. I don't recall a moment where Edge has ever wrestled Brian Danielson. We know he hasn't wrestled Hangman Adam Page, MJF, Ricky Starks, Darby Allin, Sammy Guevara. I mean, think about the tag team matches. Edge and Christian versus The Acclaimed. Edge and Christian versus MJF and Adam Cole. Edge can really open a whole new door for his career by going to AEW. And I wouldn't be against it. I think it would be great. And here's the thing, too. Chris Jericho has shown, he has laid the the groundwork, in my opinion, of the fact that you can reinvent yourself over and over and over again and extend your career by doing so. Think about what Chris Jericho has been able to do over the years. When a gimmick got stale, he moved on to the next thing, even while he was in WWE. He got a word over in it. He got a list over. And then he goes to AEW. And he gets over the Jericho Appreciation Society. He makes his uh, his band Fozzie's song, Judas, one of the top songs in the world just by using it as his entrance music again reinventing himself elevating the people around him and he's done it all through wrestling chris jericho has shown it doesn't matter how old you get you can always reinvent yourself and stay relevant and that's what he's been able to do that's why he's still wrestling in his 50s not just because he's good but because he's understood the essential task of presenting yourself as something new even when you're pretty much the same if you don't think edge can do that i got a beach house in idaho to sell you edge is one of the greatest of all time which means edge is one of the most brilliant minds in the history of wrestling as we have already known and been shown time and time again 
His presence in AEW could elevate himself and the people around him while still freeing up all the time that he wants on his schedule. And let's face it, AEW could use the star power. With the departure of CM Punk, it'd be really nice for them to be able to bring Edge in. Now, what name would he go by? Who knows? Maybe that would affect you know the casual fans tuning in if they don't recognize his name. But when they see his face, they'll know exactly who it is. And his storytelling. I've been critical of AEW and their storytelling. I've felt like they too often just throw a match together because, you know, they're two people who should be having a match. I'm cool with two people just having a match, but you still got to build to it at least a little bit. I'm not saying it has to be something complex. I'm just saying, like, don't just announce the match is happening. Like, provide us a reason why the match is happening. Because storytelling is super important. It is. It's what gets the crowd into it. Edge understands storytelling. He's one of the best to ever do it in terms of storytelling, promos. All those things that go into actually building fan interest in a match or a program, Edge has done it at the highest level for his entire career. So I'm super excited about the potential of Edge coming to AEW. I want to know what you guys think as well. Um, let's talk about also Jay Cargill to AEW. This is something I hadn't made an episode about um, you know, when the news broke, but I do want to say I'm super excited for that too because the women's division in WWE needs the star power, and Jay Cargill will provide that. And she'll also have the opportunity to train at the PC, which will do wonders for her as far as her in-ring skill goes. And uh, I think you know, I would like to see her start off in NXT and work her way up to the main roster, but hey, she got the bag, you know what I'm saying, a multi-year deal, she got a bag, she deserves it, and I'm really excited to see what she does in WWE. Now, as far as people switching companies goes, that leaves, hey, is Matt Riddle going to end up in AEW? Well, there's some concern within AEW about what his presence will bring to the company. After this whole CM Punk fiasco, I don't think they're really wanting to take chances on anybody who they don't know for sure is going to be a positive asset to the company. As we know, Matt Riddle was released from WWE for a plethora of different reasons, lately involving the incident at JFK Airport in New York City. And, um, you know, again, you can't keep putting yourself in a situation to make a company look bad because PR matters. These are billion-dollar companies. PR matters. All that family stuff, yeah, your family, as long as you're not affecting our bottom dollar, the moment you're affecting our bottom dollar, you got to go. It's just like the mo- it's just like the mob. It's just like the mafia. Like your family, as long as you're positive to- positively infect- affecting our income, the moment you start messing stuff up, oh, we'll get rid of you real quick. Just saying, it, it, it's, it happened with Matt Riddle. I mean, he got many, many chances and kept messing up. And that's what happens. You know, eventually you just run out of chances. So, um, you know, a lot of movement between companies, which is what we love, right? We love movement between companies because it keeps both companies relevant. And also the presence of AEW makes WWE better at all times. Remember that, guys. We need AEW to be successful. Even if you're not a fan of the company, you should be hoping for its success. Because let me tell you something. Number one, 
AEW is never going to put WWE out of business, okay? So you don't have to be all super protective of your company that you love, okay? First of all, they're not, they're not paying you to be that protective of the company. Like, chill out, okay? Second of all, AEW, again, is helping make WWE better because the better AEW is, the more viewership they get, the more tickets they sell, the more WWE feels the pressure to step up their game, okay? This is why things started shifting in WWE. This is why Triple H came out swinging, okay, with the creative storytelling. This is why he came out swinging with a game plan and things that made sense, and he made the mid-card relevant again, and he added players to the main event, and this is why, because AEW is here. He has no choice but to step his game up, okay? Let's keep this in mind, guys. Let's keep this in mind. We send positive vibes out to every wrestling company out there. We all love professional wrestling. And if we're professional wrestlers out there that are training in it, or people like me that are aspiring ring announcers, for example, I want as many options out there for me as possible. Because the more options that are out there, the more likely I am to find work. The more likely I am to find a gig, an opportunity. I told you guys the story about karate combat. Okay? Karate combat which if you guys don't know, is an up-and-coming karate, basically promotion, yeah, a a karate promotion, similar to UFC, but they do it their own way, you know, um, they have a pit, and it's just karate, and they have different rules and things like that, but it's growing, and it's growing fast, and it's a really cool concept, well, before they had reached out to me, I had never heard of them, because I'm not the biggest MMA fan, So I wasn't seeking more MMA options, but I didn't even know Karate Combat was out there. And then they came knocking and they brought me in as a ring announcer for a show. And the amount of money they paid me is not is nothing I could have ever imagined them paying me. It was way above like 10 times the amount I thought I was going to get. And half of you who are listening to this probably haven't even heard of them. What does that tell you that tells you? That Karate Combat's presence in this world of MMA promotion provides more opportunities so we don't have to rely on things like UFC or Showtime in order to maybe get an opportunity to do something in the world of fighting promotions. It's the same concept for wrestling. The presence of Impact, the presence of MLW, the presence of these indie promotions provides us other forms of opportunity. Other ways to get our foot in the door, other ways to try to make something happen for ourselves in this business. Root for AEW's success. Root for everybody's success. Even if you only love WWE, you can be the biggest mark in the world. That is fine. You need these other companies to succeed. If you are a wrestler or somebody trying to get into the business, you need these other companies to succeed. Just keep that in mind. Remember that. Remember that. And we will be back with more in another episode. I hope you guys enjoyed this one. If you did, follow the podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get it. Or like, share, and subscribe for those of you watching this one on YouTube. I will see you guys in the next episode on the Believe Network for now. I'm Alfonso McCree Jr. That's A-L-P-H-O-N-S-O-M-C-C-R-E-E Jr. You can bet on me. You can bet. I'll see you in another episode. See ya. Peace.